And good afternoon. You're listening to, uh, it's four o'clock, just a bit after right now, no, about half a minute after. Uh, thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located here in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. This is Finding a Voice, spoken word programming here every Friday afternoon from four to six o'clock. We do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca as well. And uh, coming up on the show today in the first hour from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club, you'll hear readings or performances by Maddie, Kobe, Lexi, Bob, Carly, Prim, Lynn, Bryce, Holly, Izzy, Jamie, and myself. And in the second hour, uh, continuing with that March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event, uh, you'll hear readings or performances by Billy, Alyssa, Izzy, and Bryce. And then from the March 5th, uh, about halfway through the hour, I think, uh, from the March 5th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series, uh, you'll hear readings, uh, the final four readings from that uh, event that night, uh, and they will be by Oct- Octavian Zara, Eric Folsom, Tony West, and again myself. Uh, I should have a bit of time, hopefully at the end of the second hour, to share a few upcoming events. We'll see how that goes, and uh, maybe even a minute or so here at the end of the first, but We'll check it out. Uh, Just the usual hourly announcement. Occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show uh, does contain or may contain strong language, but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. So up first, uh, from again, the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event, the last one of the year. Uh, for them, uh, held at the Grad Club, and as emceed by Billy Cairns. Uh, following her introduction, you'll hear that, her intro, and then the first uh, person at the open mic that night was Maddie Ball. So let's go ahead and just let it roll. of this school year. How are you doing tonight? That was pretty okay, but honestly, it's week 11. I know you all have a lot of residual stress, and if if you're not a student, then you probably have residual stress anyways. Let let, let that out, let that out. How are you doing tonight? That's a little little better, okay. Um, So my name is Billy, um, also known as Billy the Kid. I will be your host for this evening, and thank you all for coming to a poetry slam. Um, right now. Okay, so before we begin this evening, we must take a moment to acknowledge the traditional occupants of this land, to honor those who call this land home since time immemorial, and to honor those who live here now but whose spirits are tied to a different part of Turtle Island. We acknowledge that the land on which we gather is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples. It is with humility and respect that we honor the privilege to work, build, and live on this land. Okay, so you're here. And maybe, maybe I guilted you into coming here or something like that. Or maybe you're just like, man, what's, 
what's a poetry slam? I want to check that out. You might have a couple of questions. For one, what's poetry? My guy, I ask myself that question every day. Okay, um, so two, if you're moving on, then what is spoken word? So spoken word is pretty much just like the art of anything that is meant to be said out loud. So you could have like one of those mysterious poem things on a page and be like, oh, look at that fancy line break. Look at this, like that nice italic thing or font like Georgia, way to go. I don't know, fonts are pretty. Um, anyways, so on the other hand, spoken word, there are different things you can do with your voice. Intonation, um, dynamics, um, speed, etc. Anyways, your call, anything said out loud. And then what's a slam? A slam is a weird thing where we take the art form of spoken word and decide to compete with it and put random numbers to it because that's what gets people to come out to a poetry show. Um, <laughs> so, all of that being said, let's see, what do I have next? Okay, more details on the slam coming soon because we have further refined the art of the competition. Anyway, so some housekeeping. Uh, over the night, you will likely hear some heavy content. Um, poets are known for being real as fuck and also kind of dramatic. Um, so if you take issue with anything said tonight, uh, you can approach myself. Or Kobe, Kobe, if you can just put up your hand over there. Oh, there, there's Kobe. Okay, and also we've asked that all performers give a content warning before their piece. Um, so if you hear a content warning and you feel that you need to take some space, uh, feel free to step out, um, do what you need to do. Uh, and likewise, if you see somebody who is trying to step out, give them the space that they need. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, okay. Heads up. Bruce Kaufman. Bruce is over there. Uh, is recording tonight for CFRC. Um, he has a poetry show called Finding Voice. It runs from Fridays 4 to 6 p.m. on 101.9 FM. And occasionally you can hear shows such as Queen's Poetry Slam and other Kingston events around on his show. Um, and then we have, like, we've covered, like, are you okay with being recorded on our sign-up sheet? But... If you change your mind, feel free to contact Bruce. Also, Studio Q is here. Lexi is great. Um, if you don't want to be photographed, let Lexi know. Um, okay. Um, also, I mentioned Kobe earlier. Kobe is one of our co-directors, as well as Jill. Big shout out to them for being great co-directors this year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and keep, keep the round of applause going for Lexi. And Jake at the door, and Melissa. Uh, these wonderful people, I've worked with them over the past year, some of them for the past three years, and maybe more, I forget, it's been a while. Um, but they have been on QPS Exec, um, helping organize things, promoting social media, making some graphics for us, etc. Uh, so big thank you to them. Okay, that's all of the housekeeping. So, I'm going to pull out my phone, see up who is the first person on the open mic, and this is another Queen's Poetry Slam tradition. I'm going to call up Maddie, and um, we are all going to call up Maddie, actually. So I'm going to say, Maddie, do we love her? Yes! Yes! yes. Oh, Good! Wow, I am so impressed that a lot of you guys actually knew that. So we're actually going to try that again, and then Maddie... 
wherever you are, if you're, is Maddie around? Maddie around? Sweet. Then you're going to come up on stage. And after, after, we, after I say good, you're all going to clap for Maddie and clap Maddie all the way up to the stage. Okay, so Maddie, do we love her? Yes! Good. Give up for Maddie. a poem. I could have slammed it, but I wasn't feeling up to it, so I'm just going to read it for you guys instead. It's called The Promise of Purple. You remind me of lavender. You are the promise that spring brings when she whistles at my doorstep, the sweet embrace of new beginnings and a fresh start. That's why I think it's funny that when you met me, I was purple. Because when my purple is different than yours. Mine was the color that is somewhere between this and that, not knowing exactly what I wanted or who I wanted to become. I wasn't the promise of spring, but rather the confusion of too many colors mixed together. I never felt like myself. You see, I was never really purple. I was a palette of sadness and anger mixed together because I've always been the space that other people have found to mix their colors. But their paint is starting to fade and I no longer have his anger inside me. So now I am blue. I don't really know if you like the color blue because it means messy bed sheets and unwashed hair and tear-streaked cheeks and my blue is a combination of his bruises and the tidal pool of my traumas. You signed up for purple and the promise of happiness, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm blue because some days I am the ocean reaching out to kiss the shore and others I am the raindrops that the sky bleeds when she is sad. My sky is sad a lot. Some days I am more raindrops than tidal waves, more anguish than angelic and I feel like I am drowning but I don't mean to stain you with my sadness. My tears were not meant to be painted in watercolor, bleeding over the page, contaminating everything around them. They're supposed to stay inside my studio, where the rain can fall in private and I can create something beautiful out of them. But instead, they're flooding our apartment and no one wants to live in a flooded apartment, so I fear that it will soon wash you away. Please don't go before I get better. I wish that I could build you a life raft to stay afloat in this flood, but I'm having so much trouble keeping my own head above water. And I fear that you will find someone who can pull you to shore in the meantime, who can promise you endless sunny days, somewhere that it never rains and the ocean is just a distant place, please. If you go before I get better, then you will never get to see the sun peek out behind the clouds in my mind. I know it rains a lot here, but when the sun comes, she will nurture the soil that the raindrops have soaked, and I promise you that violets will grow where there used to be emptiness. The purple re will return, and this time she will bring beauty, not trauma. See, if you go before I get better, then we will never get to walk through this garden together, never get to smell the flowers that I planted every time I thought of you during the storm. They made the rainfall a little bit lighter. This garden is so vast that we could walk in it forever, so please, don't go before I get better. And you just heard, uh, following uh, Billy's intro into the event, uh, you heard uh, Maddie from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grand Club, and again, as hosted by Billy Kearns. Up next, in the open mic, here is Kobe Hollis. So, next up on the open mic, we have our very own Kobe. Kobe, where are you? Okay, Kobe, do we love him? Yes! Good. 
Yo. So, uh, I don't really get to read a lot of short poems. So since it's the last one, I wanted to read something shorter. So I'll be gone quickly. <laughs> White roses and yellow hearts are the tokens exchanged in platonic love. They are muted I love yous. They are black and white paintings. They are cup half full. But even half a cup is enough to drown in. Thank you. Thank you, Kobe. Honestly, I love little tiny poems. Um, also, like, that's with imagery. Oh. And you just heard uh, Kobe from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event, again held at the Grad Club, and as hosted by Billy Kearns. Up next in the open mic, here is Lexi. Okay, next up, we have our very own Lexi. Please, oh, okay. Lexi, do we love her? Yes! yes. Good. So I'm going to be reading the poem that um, inspired me to start writing my own poetry. So I did not write this, but the fantastic Gina Loring did. Maybe you guys don't know her. I didn't either, but she's really cool. Somewhere there's a poem, and I want to write this poem. I want to speak this poem. I want to feel this poem. I want to experience this poem. Cradle it in my arms. Feed it a good meal and send it on its merry way. I want to sing this poem. And somewhere there's a poem screaming, get up, stand up, stand up for your rights, human beings, human being, being so caught up in the tangible material surface, or that we never actually feel. Their touch is liquid and grazes right through, but misses the core. And this poem whispers to me and rocks me to sleep and tells me stories of indigenous people diseased and tricked and slaughtered and made to be extinct. But this ain't no pterodactyl or Tyrannosaurus Rex blood flowing through my veins, no. I am a Creek American Indian. I exist. I am an African. I'm an old Jewish woman muttering prayers in Yiddish as my name is replaced with a number on my arm. I'm a little Japanese girl staring in horror as my village is bombed and burnt to the ground. I was born in India, but not to the right caste, so regardless of what I accomplish, I will, I will always be a peasant. I died in Mexico three feet from the border, gunned down by evil troops who shoot for a living, who sacrifice their souls for the man-made boundaries of these Americas. And somewhere there is a poem, somewhere dozing in subway stations or flying high on a 405 and taking the L to Brooklyn, the 15 to Vegas, and the martyr through Atlanta. And cruising down a dark street in Oakland, there is a poem. And this poem comes from somewhere deep, somewhere where the angels sleep, where the pixies dance and mermaids weep, where hymns are hummed, so God will keep us all in mind on Judgment Day. And this poem warns but does not sway, for what you do is up to you, where you go and who you know, and if you close up or if you grow. 
And somewhere there's a poem about the insanity of war. Hiroshima, Hiroshima, hero, 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 hero. Heroin is crack cocaine, is the systematic genocide of my people. Brown skin behind bars, locked up behind bars, trapped behind bars, enslaved behind bars, kept in line behind bars, bars. There are more bars. Selling alcohol on a single reservation in Oklahoma, then in all of Ventura County, County, counting in, because I'm down for the revolution, which may not be televised and may not get radio play, but it will be told through poetry, because somewhere there's a poem. And this poem speaks to me and draws me in like an amusement park to a little kid. And I want to freak this poem, I want to dream this poem, and I want to share it with all of you. But hold up, shh. I just did. Okay, next up. And that was Lexi that you just heard from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. Again, as hosted by Billy Kearns, whose uh, voice you heard at the very end there. And up next, then in that open mic, here's Bob McKenzie. On the open mic, we have Bob McKenzie. Bob, are you around? Okay, Bob, do we love him? Yes! Good, give it up for Bob. saw her once when he came painting five dollar paintings of pedestrians. He saw her and was intrigued by thoughts that filled her eyes and worlds she held in her skilled hands and strong will. Sitting her back to the wall as a defense against the electric wind sparking around her and chilling, he saw her and offered free to paint her portrait. The flower lady portrait was painted. There's in a business window where she walked, a haunting portrait of the flower lady. She sits back to the wall, face to the wind, short circuits, city gray, gazing into distance at green European fields or a warm farm home where a young girl once lived. She sits back to the wall, face to the wind, a basket of flowers at her feet. The bell tolled. She was the flower lady. She needed no more identification than that. She rose with alley cats and young babies. She rose with the crisp morning sun and sea breeze and was sometimes in her place at market chat as early as seven in the morning. She took brightly colored materials in the beginning and created flowers she sold all over the city. There was a restaurant where she ate, if you could call it that, a bit of tea and a bit of toast, not much of either. She sat alone caring for her creations, her nearly flowers pinching and shaping limp petals, straightening green, green leaves. Then she ate her usual late evening lunch, tea and toast, that was all. The bell tolled. It was often midnight before she returned to her room with her leftover not white flowers. If the sun hung like a halo, the glow of its ring burning her eyes and dropping burning summertime to her shoulders, 
she walked. If the sea threw its net of fog over her, no matter, she walked. If winter wrapped cold claws around her and dug icy teeth into her, she walked. One man recalls one cold and foggy night, she knocked on his door at 11 at night, a good part of her bouquets unsold. She lived chiefly on tea and toast. She hoarded her small cash reserve for materials to create nearly not quite flowers. For 22 years, she occupied the same room, had no guests or visitors who were seen. No relative came to call on the flower lady. The bell tolled. She was herself like a flower, a thin wildflower, bright and alive like the mayflower she sold in the spring. Sometimes she wore a bright, fresh bandana. Sometimes her great basket was gaily decorated like a happy moment in childhood. Sometimes it was plain. The tributes are many. She was always neat and tidy. She would not take charity. Once when her kindly landlady turned down a $3 payment she wanted to make on her rent, she went out and bought her a gift in the same amount. Everything reported serves to enhance her memory. When her death was announced, few noticed the bell tolled low. She needed no more identification than that. This is the least of these. This is actually two stories, both true, sadly. 19th century painting of poverty. She stands in rags framed against the black of late December midnight in my doorway. Her three knocks brought me not quite awake in the door. And now this apparition punches before my hazy eyes, unreal, a cracked voice. Can I use your phone? like a dream, a nightmare. She scares me. I don't have a phone, I lie. Again, the voice. My feet are freezing, and I am unsure why I'm afraid. I close the door. When I open the door again, she is gone, spirit in the dark, lost in the mist, like she was never there. Near dark river waters, the marsh, late December, desolate, lost in thought, I stand by a park bench in the gray half-light. Something knocks my ankle, sudden and hard, startles me from my frozen reverie like a door opening. At my feet, a muskrat drags himself, broken toward the water. Things arise, a quiet voice asking me to do something. His feet frozen as he stalls and dies. Thank you. And that was Bob McKenzie from uh, the March 27th uh, Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. And up next, in that open mic... Here is Carly. Hey, thank you, Bob. And finally, our last open micer is Carly. Carly, you around? Sweet. Okay, Carly, do we love her? Yes! Good. Give it up for Carly. Also, give it up for Steph from the Grad Club, actually. One second, I'm going to give another. Okay, we're going to do this again. 
Steph just turned on the lights so it's easier for her open mic to sleep. Give it up for Steph. And because I I did that, we're gonna tell Carly that we love her again. So Carly, do we love her? Yes! Good. So I'm going to read two poems as well. Um, the first one is about Oxford, which is my favorite place, the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, yeah, so this is it. The hope of accuracy we bring to such tasks is crazy, heartbreaking. Orange tickets fed through thin lips and then it returned, expelled, an exhale into my waiting hand. What color were the streets? Beige cobblestone wet with rain, water pooling in sinkholes of uneven ground. A door opposite St. Mary's Church, heavy wood with a lion carved into its face, and I ran my fingers over the peaks and dips of his mane and eyes, nose and mouth. Two fawns, both gold, carrying me overhang on their backs. A lamppost, the lamppost, planted not in snow-covered soil, but in wet stone. Students shouldering backpacks, pushing past tourists to get inside stone libraries. The sounds of rustling paper, fingers typing, hushed voices. Native tongues speaking oaths not to steal, damage, deface. Agoraphobic books, spines and pages trembling at the thought of crossing the library's threshold. A hazy skyline, broken by spires, softened by fog. Stone faces with curly hair, curly beards, unyielding eyes and skin. Miles and miles and miles and miles of books at Blackwell's. Five stories high, poetry, poetry section tucked in the middle, in the corner. I remember stretching up on my tiptoes to reach the top shelf, skimming Wordsworth and Plath. Was there an unlit fireplace, a green armchair? A red door, sorry, a red door leading into the Quaker meeting house and squeaky stairs leading upstairs and hush-hush as we took our tea breaks halfway through class. And Regents Park College, one of the smallest with three, or was it four, long oak tables, straight back chairs, three lunch options to choose from, small courtyard, ivy creeping up stone walls, Meal bell waiting to be run, tortoise races between the other colleges, keep off the lawn. Fairy lights strung over cobblestone streets, aching feet, mildew splattered pages in four quid books. Pink cherry tree on high street, more cycles than trees lining streets. Beer foam mustaches, the bird and the baby. Long strides, wet streets, wet feet, long nights, white walls, cold hands and warm breath. And no list could hold what I wanted, for what I wanted was every last thing. Every layer of speech and thought, stroke of light on bark or walls. Every small pothole, pain, cracked illusion held still and held together, radiant, everlasting. And the second poem is called The Truth of Goodbye. I sat on the couch, watching and waiting, watching him bend to pick up the bags my sister and I had packed for him. 25 years of marriage, four children, four houses, sweaters he hasn't worn since university, leather jacket with the interior map, cartoon devil t-shirt, purple tie, three dress shirts, wool pullover. It all fits into three blue plastic bags in one callous, hairy-fingered hand. Don't go. A bitter taste in my mouth, mouth-forming words wordlessly, he hesitated for a second, still bent over at the waist, his back to us. I held my breath, and then he straightened, Tall back, stood still as he stared at the door. Don't go. I couldn't see his face, just his shoulders rising with a sharp intake of breath. Then he reached for the doorknob, somehow balancing all three bags in one hand, 
opening the door with the other, both hands shaking. And then the door was gaping, open, don't go, don't go, don't go. And he was walking through it, being swallowed by it. And then, without looking back, he closed the door quietly behind him, and I swallowed the words. How hard it is for me to believe I made some of that up. Thank you. Thank you, Carly. Okay. And you just heard Carly She from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club, again as hosted by Billy Kearns. And up next in the open mic was, and turned out to be the final open micer that evening, up next you will hear Prim, and I believe it's Sharika. I've been notified that we actually have one open micer, so Prim... Uh, Prim is going to be our last open mic of the night, and then we will get started with the slam proper. So, Prim, do we love her? Yes! Good. A fire burned in the boy with blonde hair and brown eyes, leaving ashes covering a heart that always felt scarred, for it could never see that it had been constantly loved. Rage leapt for... Rage leapt from the girl with brown eyes and black hair on the day she lost the soul she sold to light a fire in the boy with beautiful blonde hair. See, she was led to believe if she lit his heart up, he'd look up and he'd finally see the bright light he'd never known. He'd take a leap of faith and make the jump, learn how to soar and fly high in the sky. But you see, the problem is that that promise was a lie. For he came crashing down, forget a frown or a smile, for there was nothing left of the boy with the beautiful blonde hair. Okay. Thank you, Prim. Okay, so... And that was Prim again from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club and as hosted by Billy Kearns. And uh, then uh, we began the uh, first round of the slam portion and me, uh, I, I was the sacrificial poet, so I'm up next in this. Uh, so none other than Bruce Kaufman is our sacrificial poet tonight. Yeah. Bruce, do we love him? Good. Uh, just a bit of a preface for this poem before I begin is uh, my favorite poet of all time died about uh, 10 days ago and, uh, or so. And I've written at least a couple of elegy poems, and uh, his name was W.S. Merwin, and uh, this is one of the elegy poems I've written for him. And thanks, Alyssa, for the light, otherwise I wouldn't be able to see up here. It's in three parts. And it's called, I should, one more thing, morning in the title as in weeping and not time of day, so. It's called Morning the Day After for W.S. Merlin. One. Having learned late last night of your death, this morning, the morning begins. I leave the house early, walk partway through town to my favorite small, quiet cafe, dressed in black, 
to become invisible. Casual clothes, loose fitting, hiding structure, bone, frame to forget. No conversation needed, wanted, just the motion, movement around me to remember there still is. You, my favorite poet, you who made me fall in love with poetry, you still active in it even at 91. I am left with questions as you sat that last day in your garden. Where were you in that last unfinished manuscript, that unfinished line, that unfinished word, lost in an ember of an image from which it all washed through, and how you left what you had on a page, but took the rest of it with you to the first time I came across your words, simply an errant reach, selecting knowing nothing about it from the huge bookstore shelves now 25 years ago. You already then older than I am now. Already decades of books in your pen behind you. Already writing your first book the year I was born. I standing at a store's bookshelves, scouring, having already picked up, waded through a dozen other poets' books that afternoon, and I placed them back on the shelf. Finally, I found one of yours, and breathless as I read, enamored, and it instantly, as if fully having learned another language, I stood beside that bookshelf in that bookstore, reading and knowing it was the one I would own. Three. You made me fall in love with poetry, with writing, I in it only desire to honor, never to emulate, imitate, and I continue, you still somewhere. I sit here with my still but child hands, colored crayons between clumsy fingers, scribbling injured and broken words in uneven lines across a page. Thanks. And that was my reading as Sacrificial Poet uh, and to start the first round of the Queen's Poetry, March 27th, I should say, Queen's Poetry Slam, held at the Grad Club, again hosted by Billy Cairns. Up next in it, here is, I had to look, yeah, there are a lot of names here. Here is Lynn Loon. Let's bring that reading up. This poet is the bull 
so the person, the bullet poet tonight, give it up for Lynn. Lynn, do we love her? Yeah! Good. If something took up five seconds of your day, something just required a look away, would you do it? Pay for it? Swear upon your grave that you're gonna keep that streak going if poetry wasn't such Snapchat. Oops, I meant snapshots. Would these seats be packed? Actually, it's packed, good job. Would there be more listeners if I condensed my words? Six poems for the price of one. Just add water, poetry, concentrate anyone? Today. Now to pay day. When now is to pay my bills day? When needed, nothing now. Is worse to somehow pay all my overdue bills yesterday? I've expanded some words into a miracle of wordplay. Something from nothing, okay? Kind of hard to do these days. Nothing times nothing is still nothing if I don't get paid. If poetry was in snapshots, microtransactions, and poets have those ATM card readers on us, following a consumerism's blazing trail of obliteration, consume us. Run us through like fast fashion. Buy their work before it's gone. And what is gone, you ask? Gone means no more new work because to the poet, doing anything else means death to their soul. But doing what they love means death to their mortal body. Snapshot. These are tough times for artists who try their hardest, aim to leap the farthest on old shoes, soles with holes, but still can be worn. Another day, another dice, roll me around, one for rain, two for sun, six, six for skip the meal to see another day. Roll a seven to get paid for one. Snapshot. Now to insert some between poem commentary like a one-woman talk show, also filmed by me, edited by me, staged by me, made by me, low budget but not low effort. Me minimalistic. Me microcosm. I have to fight high production value internet cinema by myself. With all this jumping around, hope I got your limited attention, these small epics. Hardly easy, terribly good, detailed summaries, and critics take a glance, label me as small, terrible, vague poet. Yeah, right. These snapshots are a part of the bigger picture. I can give you so much more, but our mutually be limited screen time is up, so bye-bye, see you around, thanks for showing up, I guess. Pay me! And you just heard Lynn from the uh, March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. Up next in that first round of the slam competition, here is Bryce Fletch. Bryce, Bryce, you around? Okay, Bryce, do we love him? Yes! Good. Uh, this one is called Coming of Age. Oh, sorry, no, not that that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. We're not gonna read. We're not gonna read that one. 
Uh, uh, we're going to do, we're going to do uh, weightless. Have you ever lost your luggage at the airport? You know on that conveyor belt thing, the one that goes round and round, never stopping. I can't say that I have, but I think I want to. Of course, I have to get on a plane first, which I've never done, except when I was two. But at that age, you don't really have any baggage of your own, past the frustration of Grandpa telling you you can't keep the toy dinosaur that you saw in the gift shop that you really, really wanted. You can't have that because that's not for you to decide. But besides that, everything else is carried for you. You don't need to carry the weight by yourself. No one ever wants to leave their baggage behind. It's scary, it's frustrating, it's a lot of stuff you brought up with you to this point in time. Things you tell yourself you need that you can't live without. The shoes you bought to make sure you fit in, but they feel heavy and wrong, taking you down paths wrought with misgivings. The shirt that doesn't look quite right, but then again, neither did being with the people you wore it to look like. The pants you bought because she liked how they looked on you, but when you wear them, you look in the mirror and wonder what she saw. The sweater she gave you to keep you warm, but instead it feels like a cold weight on your chest that never really goes away. All these things can be lost at the airport, caught on the conveyor belt thing and the endless roundabout that goes round and round and round, never stopping, only carrying baggage of all the people trying to take off and land. I've started to take steps towards forgetting her. It's all in a box and hidden away, but I still get stuck when she comes back around. I took the sweater, I took her sweater from my closet to put in that box. I will admit, I pressed it against my face when I picked it up, but not because I miss her, I did it because I wanted to see if she was gone. I bought myself a new jacket, also made of jean, but a new shade of blue. I threw the jacket with the sweater on a conveyor belt leading far away from me. This new jacket was blue, like the color of the shirt she wore when her eyes first met mine, but the jacket jacket is different because she didn't pick it out. My eyes did in the crowd when I saw her in blue. I am taking steps towards leaving her behind. I am placing it all in boxes and bags. I am doing everything I am supposed to, but I am scared. How much of what I keep was her, how much of what I lose was me. When I close my eyes, she comes back around and around and around and around. It's never stopping and I am scared that forgetting her will hurt me more than she ever could. I want to leave this place and fly to let go of what only weighs me down. I am working on finding the courage to try and go to the airport someday. I was told to be careful I don't lose my baggage and I can't say that I will, but I think I might try. Thanks. at the airport, thankfully. I've definitely gotten myself lost in an airport before, and that was a whole other issue as a 12-year-old. Okay, um, so, judges, how do we feel about airports? Not about airports. Okay. And you just heard uh, Bryce uh, from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event, again held at the Grad Club and hosted by Billy Cairns. Up next, in that first round of the slam, here is Holly. Do we love her? Yeah! Good. Yeah. 
ones. Um, but I'm really competitive, so I don't know why I haven't sent yet. Hey, it's a short poem. So, <laughs> okay. I live like I play guitar, and I play like I draw with. A mirror in my hand, aimlessly drawing with ink, knowing I can't erase my mistakes. So I incorporate every line into every piece, knowingly without knowing every line represents a piece of my subconsciousness. Without planning, I just pick up grays and purple or green and yellow. I never know why my lines look the way they do or how they get filled with colors so quickly, banned or snatched, I don't even know who told me to paint those eyes blue. Brown eyes have always had my heart. Brown eyes are eyes you can count on to. Trust with your stories and your dreams, but blue eyes always find a way to count on me. Blue eyes represent the sky and the sea, fucking limitless, no boundaries, no lines. Blue eyes are like breaths of air and cold wind, but brown eyes represent the ground of the earth and they've always grounded me. Staring into the raw planet is how I found myself when I was planting trees because the dirt is what makes the fall soft when I don't land on my feet. The roots wrap up my soul and whisper to me secrets about myself. As I lie in the earth looking up, the sky just stares, giving me nothing but the ability to get lost. The ground shows me where to go and keeps me warm. The dirt makes me feel safe, but the sky feels like an illusion, and when I fall, it never makes me feel more blue. And you just heard Holly from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event at the Grad Club. Up next in that first round of the competition, here is Izzy Fettigree. Next up to the stage, Izzy. Is Izzy around? Izzy, do we love her? Yeah! Good! Um, so I wrote this poem this morning, so I haven't looked at it at all. Um, I kind of think I blacked out while I wrote it, so it might be really, really bad. Um, I have wrong with you. Uh, this is called Blue Cheese Love. This is not the poem I wanted to write about you, but it's the poem I have to. I wanted to write a love poem about the way we held hands like jigsaw puzzles and that you couldn't sleep with your socks on. Instead, I am writing a poem because I have to, because when someone breaks your heart and it lands in your stomach, it makes you sick. So I cough it up the only way I know how. You told me you liked the way I looked when I wore your shirt. You told me you liked it better on me than on you. I told you I liked the way you looked when you were happy, that you were happiness better than anyone I knew. I wonder if you are happier now. Falling in love with you was an accident. I swear I didn't mean for it to happen. I think it was fate, though. Someone was going to do it eventually. I'm just glad it was me. You are my blue cheese, my chocolate chip cookie, my Bob Ross painting, my happy little accident. But now I don't know how to do it on purpose. How do you recreate a perfect accident if you don't have all the ingredients? You told me you don't like easy girls, and you implied that I'm too much. You gave me your lucky nickel, and things started looking up. 
when I asked if you wanted it back, I think it was a down payment, and that you only got these things back if you left me as you met me. You told me to keep your things. I wish I was keeping your heart instead. I'm glad you didn't want it back. I was glad to hold on to it for you in hopes that you were leaving breadcrumbs to remind you to come back, in hopes that you were leaving yourself incentive to see me in your shirt again. When we broke up and I asked you if you wanted me, wanted me back, if you wanted your shirt along with me, you told me you could never wear it again, knowing how it looked on me. I wonder if happiness will ever look that good on anyone else. I cough up my heart in poems that don't make sense because neither does this. You throw up four times before we officially break up. I guess your heart was in your stomach too. We are trying to force down Swiss cheese when we want chocolate chip cookies. Neither of us want this. Don't tell me you're not hungry for blue cheese. I was an anorexic for seven years. I know what starving looks like. I also know that when you said you were happy, you were full of bullshit. Just follow the breadcrumbs back to me. I promise I'll fall in love by accident on purpose this time. And you just heard Izzy from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam held at the Grand Club up next in it. And we'll be the final poet from it. I'll be able to air this hour. We'll start up. There are two that will be left over. But let's go ahead and just take care of this one first. Up next in it, in that first round of competition, here is Jamie. Okay, next up to the stage, Jamie. Do we love him? Yeah. Good. Let's give a round of applause for Billy the Kid. Hey, Yemi That is my native tongue, Intitu. I am Inuk. Just a random fact. Inuktituk is one of the one of three languages, indigenous languages, that will survive to the 22nd century. You know? So I'm a I'm a guide, right? I have clients from all over the world, and I still get questions like do you live in Eglu? My response is, my hot tub's right there, my bed is there, and my 75-inch flat-screen TV is right there. That is my layout of my Eglu. <laughs> <sighs> I am a hunter. I hunt seals. But I don't want a bat. I don't eat baby, or I don't bat baby seals, but I do love them for, for lunch on cold days. Yes, I am in, but I didn't send my granddad to the foliage, you know? Merci beaucoup. This is my first time. Kind of nervous, not too much, but uh, I like to hear that noise. 
Thank you again, Billy. Thank you, Jamie. And you just heard uh, Jamie uh, from uh, the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event. And in that uh, first round of competition at the Grad Club, again, as hosted by Billy Kearns, uh, there were, as I said a bit earlier, there were two other performances in that first round, uh, but not enough time to air them here with what else I have to do in this hour. So... You will hear them right after the top, and they are Billy and uh, Billy Kearns, Billy the Kid, and Alyssa Cooper. So you will be hearing that, and then the second round right after the top of the hour. But one of the things I have to do is this. So let's go ahead and do this, and I'll be right back. Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC, listen to Saltwater Music, a show covering all musical genres from the East Coast of Canada. Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. Since 1922, CFRC Radio has been the campus and community radio station for Queens and Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is both listener-supported and listener-created radio, bringing both music and spoken word content to our community on 101.9 FM and around the world on cfrc.ca. Support locally created media. Learn more at cfrc.ca. Folk Everything, every Saturday morning from 10 till noon on CFRC. Traditional folk, modern folk, future folk, and strange deviations from the norm. Hear the legacy of folk music and discover new favorites and forgotten classics on Folk Everything. Join me every Saturday morning at 10 for a romp through folk culture here on CFRC. Says Red Mullet to James, that's a fine motorbike. I'm David Suzuki. Catch the bus. Just one bus means 40 fewer vehicles on the road and 9 tons of pollution out of the air. Not bad for a couple of bucks. The future is in your hands. Get around smarter at davidsuzuki.org. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. And my name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, I do, and I did end up with just a few minutes here. Again, not enough to air another poet, but uh, enough to uh, share a few uh, upcoming events. And because uh, there are quite a few coming up. Uh, and I should have a little bit of time at the end of the second hour as well. I think there are like seven events uh, just coming up this week so I'm going to work into those first but before I do that I do want to thank you for tuning in to the first hour of the show today hope you've enjoyed it hope you can stay tuned for more of the same at least another 30 minutes I believe uh, uh, will be devoted to uh, the full of the Queen's uh, Poetry Slam March uh, 27th event and so uh, I will mention 
as well that uh, both hours of the show each week are uploaded to my blog space for it and will save there for four years at finding a voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com and uh, we'll get back into the poetry slam right at the start of the hour but I have here a list of upcoming events. Let's see how much time I have. Not much. Uh, there is a book launch coming up on Monday, uh, April 22nd at 7 p.m. Uh, it's Tim Conley, Amy Spurway, Victoria Hetherington, and Scott Fothneringham. And uh, it's going to be at 7 o'clock, April 22nd, Monday, and... Uh, it's at Novel Idea Bookstore right on the corner of Princess and Baggett, right across the street from Shoppers Drug Mart. I think everybody knows where it is. Let's see if I've got time for, yeah, I've got time for at least one more here. Uh, coming up uh, on Thursday, April 25th, is, uh, let's see the time here, 7 p.m. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, it's a writing workshop with Kingston Poet Laureate uh, Jason Hero. He's already done one of those at the Central Branch on the 11th, but there is still the next one coming up. He's only doing the two. They were both the same, so uh, that's... Uh, it's, uh, he's offering a workshop to inspire uh, participants to compose their own response poem to a poem they cherish. So... All you need to bring is a single-page poem you admire. It could be printed or digital, uh, written by someone other than yourself, and a notepad or laptop to compose your response poem. Uh, it says the group will work together to discuss various techniques and methods, and each participant will write a poem in response to the poem they brought. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, you should, uh, just to make sure the workshops are free, just need to be 14 years old or older. Seating is, though, limited, so... They're asking that you register in advance at uh, events.kfpl.ca, or you can do it by phone, 613-549-8888. And uh, also on that day, from 2 to 4 p.m., uh, is, uh, it's called Game Changer, Hold That Thought. It's a talk and discussion with Nicole Therian. It's going to be held at the Grad Club in the Henderson Room, again, Thursday, April 25th, 2 to 4 p.m. It's from the book that she wrote. Uh, it says uh, she holds a degree in policy management from Carleton University and is a woman with cerebral palsy and spatial learning disability who uses a wheelchair. And what she'd like to do is discuss her experiences navigating care systems and other challenges along life's path. She says it is a spiritual and self-help memoir, which chronicles her story to uh, find other challenges uh, to finding God through a series of encounters with the popular boy band. Uh, the book will appeal, uh, she believes, to a variety of audiences, including teachers. So this is sort of a book launch, but also a talk. And uh, the session, uh, she says, is intended to engage people with different perspective. Uh, that she shares in her book and also a means of connecting with others in unexpected ways. It is her hope uh, that the give and take casual uh, re uh, respect vibe of her talk will help us uh, together learn where there are opportunities for growth throughout the world. And she says here, all are welcome to attend. 
Uh, this is a free event, uh, I'm, unless you want to buy a book, so I'm sure she'll have those there as well. But free uh, free to get in the door and uh, participate, so there you go. And it is 5 o'clock, so I'm going to go back in to the regular uh, part of the show. And it's 5 o'clock. You are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock to stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, in the second hour, uh, we'll conclude and include uh, the... March 27th, uh, Queen's Poetry Slam event at the Grad Club. And uh, then I'm going to take in, also finish up the March 5th, and the journey continues open mic. And that after uh, weeks of playing and threading in a few readings from it. I do think I devoted one two-hour show to it, but there were a lot of readings that night. So it'll be nice to get the final four readings in today uh, as far as names uh, coming up first uh, to finish up the uh, March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event uh, you'll hear Billy and Alyssa in the first round then you're going to hear them immediately again it's just the luck of the draws their names were drawn in the second round and then another reading by Izzy and another by Bryce in that second round competition and then as we move into the end, the journey continues open mic. Uh, you're going to hear readings by Octavian Zara, uh, Eric Folsom, Tony West, and again, myself. So I will do the usual hourly announcement at this point that occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language, but all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. And I should have a few minutes at the end of this hour to share some more upcoming events at the very end. But let's go ahead and jump back into the final two readings in the first round of the slam competition of the March 27th uh, Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club. Up first in it, uh, also the MC that evening. So here is... Billy Kearns, or a.k.a. Billy the Kid. Okay, the penultimate poet of the first round. Penultimate, second last. You learned a new word. Let's all say that together. Penultimate. Nice. Oh, wow. It's me. fully turned towards me. It's as if we're making eye contact. Nookamis, Grandmother Moon, I'm sorry. Moon ceremonies only happen every 28 days and this is the only time I get to see these women. I listen to their stories and we share food around our sacred fire held in a can. With rattles and drums we sing together, call and answer, and voices all proud, nervous, and grateful, and you can hear the healing 
in every beat. The bowl of strawberries gets passed around in this mouthfuls of joy and juice. So I want to call these women sisters, as I know they are, but I don't feel like I deserve to. I flaked out of them like stale bannock, and if I apologized in Jack, I'd still be left with seeds in my teeth and the aftertaste of being an afterthought on my tongue. Like, really, there are people to pray for, stories to listen to, songs to learn, and no is chasing this boy has been futile. I'm grasping at smoke whenever I try to feel like I'm worth his time, and in the midst of being so sure I'd caught a plume in my hands, I held on too tightly. It looked as though the fumes were embracing me as I watched the smoke slide through my fingertips and into the lungs of the next person who inhaled. She understood better than I did how to breathe around him, and I should have known that whatever spark I thought there was had died by then. Well, I am much too water to hold onto sparks, and if I'm as wise as the tides, I'll reach back towards the women I want to call sisters the next time your gravity pulls me towards our meetings. I want to sing, I want to listen, I want to breathe in the smell of burning tobacco, sage, and cedar instead of the smell of sweat on summer nights. I'll smudge myself, I'll wash myself in the smoke of an abalone shell and smudge my breath until it starts working again. Nukemis, I'm sorry I missed you twice. I still love you. I still love myself. And I still love the women I want to call sisters. Thank you. And you just heard uh, Billy Kearns as, again, the penultimate uh, poet in that first round of competition of the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club and which uh, was also emceed by Billy. So up next, uh, the final poet in the first round of the slam. Here is Billy. Oh, I'm sorry. Here is Alyssa Cooper. on the first round of the open mic, so there is going to be a second round. Not the open mic, the slam. You know what I mean. Anyways, <laughs> Alyssa Cooper, do we love her? Yes! Swing sets were portals. The way that they slow time and often gravity, tiny black holes like chains gripped in my dirty fists. Like if I could just swing high enough, make my weightless way into the sky, then maybe I could come back down someplace softer. And so I pumped my legs like pistons, thrust my chest until my heart slammed like jackhammers. I turned my tiny body into a pendulum. A machine of perpetual motion. And of course, I never made it anywhere. Because pendulums are bound to their clocks. Because the dreams of children are like fairy tales. Soft to touch and sweet to taste like cotton candy and kitten fur. But beautiful lies are lies. All the same. 
And in those heavy summer swing set days, I believed in love like some people believe in God, fervent and unswayable, like carving the stigmata into my palms and gulping down the blood of Christ. I believed in love like I believed in gravity, unarguable, undeniable, because what else could be holding my feet to the earth as I tried so desperately to fly? And I have wasted so much time looking for portals, looking for love at first sight, this incomprehensible need to be one half of a whole, and how I wish I could tell that perpetual motion pendulum girl to stop waiting. Wish I could take her in my arms and tell her that she is her own portal, that she is not half, that though her palms may be bleeding, she is not the wound. She is the blood. She is the holy sacrament. She is the pendulum that makes the clock tick that without her, this world might cease to exist. That now we are here. We are here. We are one. And we are whole. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. Okay, judges. And that was Alyssa Cooper from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam, first round competition, I should say. Uh, the Poetry Slam held again at the Grad Club and as hosted by Billy Kearns. Uh, there were four poets uh, that made it to the second round, and they were uh, Billy, Alyssa, Izzy, and Bryce. And you're actually going to hear them in that order. That's how their names were drawn that evening. So up first then in it, uh, again, the evening's MC. Here is Billy the Kid or Billy Kearns. Okay. Actually, Raj, can you come up here and pull out a name out of the hat? If you want to read it, come up here. That is two. Billy! Don't break this Do we love her? Yes! Good. Engineers. We've been taught to feel as though we've given up on something. That those of us who grew up wanting to be painters, authors, gymnasts, mechanics, musicians, or poets have given up on our dreams. It's a well-known fact that each of us takes comfort in what'll hopefully be job security one day. And it's a well-known fact that some of us can also be assholes about the previous fact. Like that by convincing ourselves that we are somehow better because of it, we can console the lingering feeling that wishes we had taken the risk. And yet, as attractive as financial stability may be, we know we're not in this for the money. Because the same kid who loved baseball, ballet, birds, or beatboxing is the same kid who wondered what stars were made of. The same kid who wanted to know how planes could fly, how boats could float, and the same kid who taught themselves division a year early because it seemed like fun. Thing is, when we were six, they never used the word engineer, and inventors were just eccentric characters in Disney movies. Mm -hmm. 
I think the worst part is that they never told us that we could be more than one thing. Mm -hmm. Growing up has been more complex than anything we could imagine. From a moment we said hello to the world of engineering, heaps upon heaps of tasks have compiling onto our plates until we're not sure if we can balance our reactions between feeling pressured and isolated. But it's been cemented in our minds that in order to withstand stress, we must support each other. We've structured our community so that even on our worst days, we are beaming. We have the power to convince ourselves of anything regardless of any current resistance we may face, regardless of the fact that love for our profession comes and goes in waves. And we've learned that our faults are what fuels us to go further. So engineers, what is our faculty? <laughs> our faculty is late nights, long proofs, strange rocks, feeling lost and then finding each other. We build bridges, bring light, send people into the skies and out into space. We go from subatomic to galactic. But as we climb the corporate ladder, I hope we remember our promise to society. Never forget the flames from which we came. They forged the iron ring that binds us. We'll wear it on our smallest finger with pride. And engineers, always remember, we didn't give up on dreams. We decided to make them. Thank you. And you just heard Billy from the second round competition at the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event at the Grad Club. And up next in that competition, here is Alyssa. On the second round of last Poetry Slam, Alyssa, do we love her? Yes! Good. One, I'm rolling joints with Bible paper thin as onion skins and my fingers are skilled. This is the party trick that I use to impress the boys. Look how quick I can finish. This is the trick that I use to convince them that I am more than just a girl, more than just a fuck magic in my palms. And we ran out of black pages hours ago. Now, we are smoking Genesis, torn apart and reassembled, held together with tonguefuls of honey, and when I inhale, I can taste the voice of God. When the phone rings, my father's voice is an angel fluttering their wings. My father's voice is not his own. My father's voice is the seventh day eons away, and yet I can taste it. He doesn't say your mother is dying, but that is what he means. And so I put down the Bible. Two. In the back seat of the car, I spit my teeth into my palm, roll them like dice and hold them out to the empty seat beside me. Kiss him, baby. Give me your luck. I have not breathed in hours. Three. At the hospital, I am embarrassed by the sticky smell that follows me, by the smears of honey on the backs of my hands, by my eyes, as dry as bones. 
Men in white coats warn me to say goodbye and I refuse. It is a futile gesture, meaningless words. The world is over if she dies. There is no going on without her. She will drag me down with her tar-stained hands. Her death is revelation. And we cannot survive it. Later, I will wonder if it was my stubbornness that saved her. In all the years that my youthful cruelty kept me out till dawn wreathed in smoke and drenched in liquor, she waited. She would not sleep until she heard me say goodnight. I am sure she will not die until I am ready to say goodbye. And you just heard Alyssa Cooper from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held again at the Grad Club and as hosted by Billy Kearns. Up next in it, <clears throat> in that second round competition, here again is Izzy Fettergreen. The ultimate penultimate. Um, I don't know what the penultimate penultimate would be, but who knows that they've. Anyways, let's say it again. Penultimate? Penultimate! Yeah, okay. Let's unfold this little piece of paper. Sometimes I fold these things up just way too small. Okay, Izzy, do we love her? Yes! But. Wonder what those eyes are looking at right now. 
I wonder if you are looking at the same stars as I am right now. I hope so, because I think stars might be like mirrors reflecting and refracting your gaze back onto me. I just want to see your eyes again, even if it is through the stars. I wonder if you have the look, the one that glazes your eyes, the one that only came out when we blasted tunes with bass so loud our teeth had their own heartbeat. Because that look went right to my soul. It could have brought my houseplants back from the dead. It certainly <laughs> saved my life. But just because I loved the number three didn't mean that I wanted to make our duo a trio. We were fine as was. What they say is true. Two's a company, three's a crowd. And so on the day I broke your heart, it was so hot out, I greeted you by saying, no hand-holding today, my hands are too sweaty. We held hands anyways, and you laughed. It was the last time I heard you laugh, laugh like a fairy. It was so hot that when I finally told you it was over, there was a full moment where I thought your smile had just melted. You told me you were crying, you were sweating from your eyelids, and I almost believed you. I wanted to believe you. I never wanted to see your eyes wide with wonder or filled with tears. It was so muggy, the tears practically evaporated right off of your cheeks. A good thing, too, because I could barely keep my hands from wiping them away. I could barely keep my lips from kissing that off. In that moment, I did love you, I swear, but not in the way you wanted. So I told you I loved you too much to stay, and I meant it. You knew I did. I saw it in your midnight sky eyes. They always did tell the truth. My fingers ached to brush your hair behind your ear, to follow the strands down your neck. In that moment, I wanted so badly to kiss your frown away in that little place between your eyebrows. But it always felt too good to be true, always waiting for the other shoe to drop because I couldn't be so lucky as to have you. So when the shoe finally did, I wasn't surprised. And maybe I should have been, but you really were magical, mythical, beautiful. Maybe I dreamt you up. Maybe it was just time to wake up. Man, fever dream poems are such a real, real thing. Oh boy. Okay, judges, how do we feel? And you just heard. Izzy from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grad Club, again hosted by Billy Kearns. And up next, the final poet of the reading, uh, second round, and the slam event itself uh, the year, uh, this year as well. So here is the final poem from it. Last poet of the night. You know who you are. Please welcome up Bryce. Bryce, do we love him? Yeah! Good. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Okay, so jokes. The poem I said, no, just kidding, too. We're going to read it this time. <laughs> uh, quick content warning toxic masculinity, because it needs a content warning. This one's called Coming of Age. At what age do I stop kissing my father on the cheek? When the signs of affection become so fleeting I need to assume they go without saying? 
My lips stopped greeting the stubble on his cheek at the same time, at the same age, the words, I love you, stop being shared, replaced by a passing glance and a firm hello. A handshake as firm as the one I received alongside my diploma. A handshake saying, welcome to the world. It's time to grow up. It's time to be a man. A handshake is funny because it reaches but doesn't embrace you. It's like you're reaching out to hold his hand, but you stop before you feel connected. Grip it tight, shake from the elbow, hold firm. You can tell a lot about a man from how they shake your hand. Is it calloused and steady, worked hard by years of labor? Is it limp and disengaged, which is wrong, might I add, or does it last only a second? Will he look you in the eyes or avert Iris from delivering her message long overdue? The age I stop kissing my father is the age I must learn to kiss girls instead. When locker room talk stops being about the game, and to tell her no means to be a coward. So I will tell her yes every time. I will tell her yes so that I will have stories to share in the locker room. And I will tell her yes no matter how many times I wish I could have said no. The age I stop kissing my father is the age I stop feeling like talking about my feelings is okay. If I do, I'm not thinking straight, because if you're thinking, you'll understand why being sad is impractical, why being sad is irrational, that you should just stop, because that's just what's logical. The age I stop kissing my father is the age that I learn that kissing another man is nothing but sexual, and that's my dad, man, that's just gross. <laughs> It's gross to imagine that to show him I care means to make him my Jocasta. It's gross to imagine that every time I drop the word love, I drop a mountain between us. It's gross to imagine that to grow what means to grow apart or I will not grow at all. But at the age I stopped kissing my father on the cheek, there's one thing I still can't figure out. At what age does being a man matter more than being his son? Thanks. And you just heard Bryce uh, from the March 27th Queen's Poetry Slam event held at the Grand Club uh, and hosted by Billy Kearns. And his was the final uh, reading or performance that evening, and uh, that was the final slam for this calendar, Queen's calendar year. So there you go. That's uh, It was a wonderful evening. And with that... Um, going to go ahead and I need to do this. Feeling stressed about school? Have questions about resources or getting involved on campus? Feel like you need some support? Come stop by the Peer Support Center. The Peer Support Center is a drop-in space that's completely confidential and non-judgmental where you can talk to a fellow peer about anything. We're located in the basement of the JDUC in room 34 and we're open seven days a week from noon to 10 p.m. No issue is too big, too small, or too diverse. Everyone is welcome. I said hip hop, I hit it to the hip to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang bang boogie, say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat. Tune in to CFRC 101.9 FM every Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for a majestic mix of classic gems and new indie on Spice Machine. Blah, 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 um, girl power, feminism, do you know what I mean? Oh, no. 
Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. Walk Home is one of the services provided to you by the Alma Mater Society at Queen's University. Walk Home is a completely confidential and anonymous service where students will pick you up and walk you to any location within our extensive boundaries. We are located in the Lower Cayley of the John Deutsch University Centre. You can request a walk by dropping by the kiosk or by calling 613-533-9255 during our hours of operation. We are open every night from dusk till 2am, Sunday to Wednesday, or till 3am from Thursday to Saturday. During exam season, we are open until 4am. Last year, we completed over 10,000 walks, walking the equivalent distance of crossing the width of Canada and back. So whether you're feeling unsafe, want someone to walk with after a night at the library, or feel more comfortable walking downtown with someone, call Walk Home. If you have any questions about the service, please feel free to contact us by calling 613-533-9255 or by emailing walkhome at ams.queensview.ca. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well, www.cfrc.ca. And let's go ahead now and move into an event I think I've been airing bits and pieces of uh, for maybe going on three weeks. Uh, Did uh, air the majority of it... uh, Maybe that was three weeks ago. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think I, d- I devoted a full show that uh, one week, whatever it was. But then I've kind of been piecing in little bits and pieces of it, sort of like I'm doing today. So, and it is the March 5th and the journey continues. Open mic reading in that monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. And as I mentioned at the top of the hour, four poets left in it. A first... Here is Octavian Zara. Just so you know, we're running a little over tonight, so there's still four poets left. Let's go ahead and bring up Octavian. Thank you. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Can you all hear me? All good? Awesome. So I wrote this recently. There's been a lot going on in my mind, and it was the best way to put it down. I've written lines upon lines upon lines, bleeding the ink from pens that have rarely been mine. I'm trying to find something. I'm trying to find, there's something to be found, I'm sure of it. This map has so many pieces, some have to fit. Every day, with each piece I pick up and contemplate, the puzzle from which it came, gone. It couldn't wait. My ideas are sli- like snowflakes, melting at my touch. Only in my dreams do I get to hold them. My, na- my nightmares are so real, I forget to wake up. The moment I do, I just want to sleep again, but my alarms all beg me to stop. But only when my eyes are closed, only 
then do I feel sane. I'm searching for something. I'm not sure what exactly. I'm worried I might not find it. So is my anxiety. Sometimes it sleeps with me, but only five minutes. My, my alarm, it rushes me to do something. Something isn't calm. It doesn't stay long, enough to drain me like a marathon. I know I slept eight or nine hours, but all that sleep is now gone. My friends, it visits too, but we never talk about our dread. We smile at each other over breakfast, silently wishing we were back in bed. But anxiety is exciting, next to my subtle hint of warm depression. It never shows itself to others, wouldn't want to ruin my first impression. <sighs> I feel silly now, but it won't later. I'll be thinking of my pile of work and feel in danger. And while I'm paralyzed, unable to catch my breath, I'll slowly feel my hands turn cold, colder than the hands of death. My bed will start to glow, and my head, it will grow heavy. And once again, I'll show up to my exam being so much more or less than ready. But I'm happy nonetheless, and I hope it won't surprise you. I've got my little joys of life. To me, those things are like super glue. They keep me going, baby steps in a long distant race. It keeps my emotions real, like the rare smile here on my face. Life gets hard, and I'm often very much confused. No one taught me how to live, and if you'd record me, you'd often be amused. The truth is that I'm still moving forward, adding scars to my collection. And even if I've got questions still unanswered, I've got plenty answered in my fine selection. And the second one. Okay, I can do this. Reading your text like reading a script. Audition for this, all naked and stripped. Told me I got you got caught in your bit. You're a sensation, just not on my skin. Under the knife, I can't feel a thing. Call me your art, painted by numbers, you paint... You got me so numb, I can't feel a thing. Supposed to be married, can't feel the ring. My heart is so heavy, it don't want to sink. It just wants to sink. Get bleached and repeat. I get attached as long as we're strangers. The moment you talk, our status, it changes. I want to love you, but I can't. I want to love you, but I can't. You don't love yourself, I can't love you more. You need me, you need me, carved in my door. It's help being with me. It's okay, you gotta leave. I'm okay, I'll take care of me. Take care of you, find your own you. It was too good to be true. I know you're thinking it too. Used to be your pillow fort. Used to be all you could afford. Used to be, used to be, all in the past, now part of history. Looking everywhere to find my trust. Stored it somewhere, now it's covered in dust. Gotta write me a new edition. The last version was my old audition. Played it like a cheap partition. Who could destroy it better? Used to be our favorite tradition. Everyday competition. Got better through repetition. Ripped up and torn, turned into ammunition. Started a fire we couldn't put out, out of control, into the drought. I went all in, you went all out. Stuck in the past, the scars they remind me. Kept all old, our old pictures hoping to see what we used to have, what we could have been. I moved on, but I won't feel again. No one's made me feel what I felt back then, and I don't want to talk anymore. Too many people buy their stories at the same store. Someone please love me, I can't love myself. Love me for a second, too late now, I'm stuck in hell. And do I have time for another? Ooh, nice. Does anyone understand French here, out of curiosity? More or less? really slow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not gonna translate it after because it's pretty long, but 
I will read it. Tu n'es qu'une conquête, une histoire à raconter. Ton histoire, ton dialogue scripté, je t'ai lu sans même y penser. Shakespeare, tu en as lu à déchirer les pages. Tu te colles des ailes blanches, tu te dis sage. Mais tu vas à la guerre, lipstick rouge sur le visage. Ta voix se perd dans le club, tu te noies dans les paroles. Toi, ta fête, c'est à chaque soir chez tes parents diversés dans le sous-sol. Tu dors où tu peux, c'est pas ce que tu veux. Moi, tu me regardes avec appétit. Je suis ton prochain orage, je te garantis. D'ici la fin de nous, il n'y aura que de la pluie. Écris mon nom dans ton mémo. Toi, pour moi, tu n'es qu'un numéro. Je te pige au hasard ce soir. Moi, je suis voyou quand je chasse. Et toi, tu me joues, me joues des tours sur la glace. On se parle comme si on était sourds. Nous, nos ex, nous ont laissé le cœur lourd. On ne voulait que de l'amour. On est devenu amer. On nage plus, on coule fort, avant même la prière, on s'enterre. Nos dernières paroles avant de se quitter, elles sont chères. Je veux aimer, je suis sincère. Les têtes se baissent, les bêtes se baisent. À nous deux, on a eu plus que 16. C'est la mille fois qu'on s'appelle. Quand je parle de toi, je ne peux vivre sans elle. Moi, je ne vole plus, je n'ai plus d'elle. Je suis tellement bête. Et puis toi, t'es tellement belle. And in short, like, I'll just give you a quick translation of that. Because I feel like it's important. I'm just talking about how my general, like people my age, recently around me, especially here in Kingston, because we've got Queens, RMC, and St. Lawrence really close by. Weekends tend to get out of control, even during the week. And there's a lot of uh, temporary interactions between people that often turn into big stories that you tell yourself at a bar afterwards over a beer, or even crying in your room to your best friend or even hearing somebody else crying in the room to their best friend. And interactions are interesting when they're short, but they're so much more meaningful when they last a bit longer. But it seems to be difficult nowadays to find something that lasts more than, hi, how are you, let's meet, but then never actually happens. So, yeah. Thank you. Octavian, let's give him another hand. And you just heard Octavian Zara's reading at the March 5th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series held at the Yom Cafe. Up next in it, here is Eric Folsom. Next, Eric Folsom. Let's bring him up. Okay, um, a short translation of a poem from Jacques Cocteau and then uh, two versions of my poems. Um, this is number 10 from the series called Cryptographies. Um, my French is terrible, but I do this anyway. Um, so I'll, re I'll recite the first line of this poem. Pour les vierges calculent de la jambe de verse. I don't know what that means. <laughs> So he's like, is he saying like for people who don't know how to do math, or is he saying for like uh, scheming virgins who write poetry? Okay, so maybe Octavian to straighten me up. But this is what I did with it, and I figure Cocteau is a surrealist, and I'm making sure that he stays in touch with his surrealist roots. For virgin calculators in the algebra of verse, fulgent flower voice with no mouth, you've made your bed, lie down, don't slouch. Am I not a howl of silence in reverse? 
my appeal to be rescued to myself extended, arriving with backward silence, arrow launched with no guidance, forgets my bow has gone slack and distended. Fulgent voice flower with no mouth, pulses of lightning turning inside out, nervous behind my own redoubt, the gold insect descends, my throat convulses. And uh, this next poem, which you've heard before, but I'm trying to make it more clear. Um, Frank O'Hara is a 20th, 20th century American poet. Armistead Maupin is a contemporary novelist. Nico Case is, you know, Nico Case is, is the great singer songwriter. And um, small warning, this is about um, a moment of sexual aggression between two men, and we need to have this conversation, like, because sometimes we feel ambivalent about what happens afterwards. Barreling down Vermont on the interstate, Nico Case on the stereo, belting and crooning about childhood's casual heartbreaks, not really worth remembering, but remembered nonetheless. I've got Frank O'Hara and Armstead Mopan snuggled with sunscreen in my messenger bag as I hit New Hampshire and singing out loud, I'm from nowhere. At Panera, the flashing drink coaster buzzes, shakes its body halfway across the table. Bumblebee radio, this way to the food. The kitchen bump ticket bears the cashier's name, Christopher, with no H and no meal upgrade. Artichoke panini with a medium coffee. The vagabond bisexual pauses for lunch. Sometimes we don't know coming and or going. Whatever little song, there is a seasoned baby doll. Did I tell you about the amorous older playwright I met who called me beautiful and groped my crotch? Well, uh, it was a misunderstanding, and why call it groping? Well, he hit on me, sure. Okay, he grabbed me. I mean, he made a pass, essentially. That's all. And he stopped when I balked, and he asked about my bag, actually. He was sweet and forgiving, so um, I changed the subject. I showed him Frank O'Hara. I recited from lunch poems where O'Hara mentions Canada in the sense of being alone in the snow, and that got me out of having sex and out the door. Thank goodness some people find poetry boring. <laughs> there you go. That's the story. You dare the big ocean, and you get your pants wet. Poor Frank might have died of embarrassment, but my pants have finally dried out, at least. And I'm ready for the beach, the waves alluring. Must I accept different standards from men? Sometimes I don't know, coming and or going. He stopped when I told him. Why well, called it groping? I'm from nowhere. something a little more kind to finish off. And this is called kind. Um, the Latin amor non tenet ordinem is basically um, love doesn't follow the rules. The long moment when he said completely out of context he didn't like you, never liked you, and never liked your kind. 
your self-esteem stuck between vernal and vermin. A boot lost in the mud, amor non tenet ordinam. What did he mean by that scare word, elitist, blunt put-down that heterosexuals use? Was it, don't kiss my grievances to a fullness of sorrow, or don't touch my lips to the pollen of discovery? To become who we want to be instead of who we had to be. Our hearts prone to hang fire no matter how smartly loaded. We're done slouching on couches in search of self-worth. Done wondering what the bastard really meant by your kind. It's the kind without the honey of self-certainty. Honey. It's the kind who would never base kindness on likeness. The kind who likes the unlike and kinds the unkind. The kinds of the kind like you. Thank you. Eric Folsom, let's give him another hand. And you just heard Eric Folsom's reading at the March 5th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series. Again, held at the Elm Cafe. Up next in it, here is Tony West. Up next, Tony West. Bring him up. Stretch out the show a little bit, and I have some tough acts to follow. Thank you very much, guys. I'll try to be quick. I got a few. You know, get the introduction. Well, after visiting, uh, visiting a friend in the psych ward is always kind of a weird experience, but it's the nice experience actually of leaving and being free and walking through City Park, and it was a nice night. I made this up in my head for once. Oh, the sweet, terrifying folly of life's brief pageant. The confused floor of souls crying out at once the same plea in every direction, only to an echo of the returning darkness, the fauna of madness, the fauna of reality, dragging us over opinionated footsores of whimsical grief, lifting our sensibilities by indifferent winds, unknowable gales that carry our leaves and blossoms over the mirage of past and future, between inferno and paradise just out of reach. We land at the only fact here, now. The awakening blink and gasping breath, we wonder at wonder. This is a love poem. Let's begin with your worst part. If the people I know were soup, you would be the dried soup skin, or soup membrane, or soup epidermis, or soup scum, that has separated itself and isn't really soup, but it's my favorite part. You are like my one odd toenail that grows faster than the rest for some reason. And when I'm sitting in bed, with or without my underwear at my ankles, deliciously clipping my toes, you are that extra long, sharp one, second little one on my left foot, and so much fun to clip. And to keep in my fingers and play with and put in my mouth and chew. You are my favorite person and or thing. When you have... When I... To have when no one else is around. Like a shit, solid, uncommon, and finished, I enjoy sitting and reading you as much as the toilet of your smile. 
This should be pretty self-explanatory. So, your pets are the problem. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a problem with your pet the other day. It bit me. I could have it put to sleep, but I just went home and thought about how much I fucking love you. So I got you a present, and I left it in your kitchen somewhere, and when you find it, it will be beautiful, and it will be oh very weird. Please stop talking to me like a baby. You already know what I did. I'm really sick of talking about it. Ooh, who's this cute little fella? Who's this cute little doggy? You? Who is this little guy or girl? Yes, you. Please put my dog down. She's not happy in your arms. Ow, fuck! You see, you see, folks, it's not my problem when your kitten escapes, when it darts out the door. Nope, not my fault. You don't have a hydraulic on your door that snaps like a mousetrap so that your cat doesn't shoot away from you and kill itself immediately under a car, and it's a shame we had to bury it, and we never ate it, not waste an animal's life or innocent body. I'm just kidding. Okay, and one more here. That was something happy, a pseudo-sonnet kind of thing. Get thee, get thee to a nunnery, the princess begged the king. Screamed assholes from the balcony, methinks the play's the thing. She dropped her shins on Monday and by Tuesday was a mock. The hens turned into chickens, every rooster was a cock. Get me your better sister, screamed the king to a younger daughter. The better hen turned into chicken on my backyard grill. Thursday we had better luck after Wednesday's blood was spilled, as Friday's roosters breeding weekends feast a festive slaughter. As good as it gets and as great as it splits, the old king furls his brow and grandmother knits. Saturday's lust became Sunday's wounded spleen. The princess was calm while the prince had his fits. As this week will mock last as this week will mock last week as slim pickens, tomorrow we turn last week's cocks into chickens. It's Tony West, give him another hand. And that was Tony West uh, reading at the March 5th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series. Up next in it, and it was the final reading that night. Is uh, uh, So coming up is my own reading. Here we go. I've got just a short set to read, but before I do that, uh, let's give yourselves and everybody else a wonderful hand this evening. <laughs> Another hand to Katie as well. The first poem is called Memory. This, an old memory, the gloss and glaze of it long gone. It now but a memory rusting in this endless reign of time. It's called Watchman. The old watchmaker at the end of this narrow street this morning looking up from his own, 
lays down his miniature tools, slides back his tray of springs and gears, metal arms and hands, dots and numbers, bands and chains, crystals and pins. As he gazes through his open door, transfixed, timeless, watches a morning, sky, fields, trees beyond the sidewalk and street. And after a full life of perfecting time, realizes the full of the illusion of it. It's called a crossing in a city. As you and I stand at an intersection, these corners of two streets crossing, the cars, the transports, the buses, in all their colors passed by, with the swarms of pedestrians in their slow crawl on either side. You watch, transfixed, perhaps enamored even, in it all, the motion, the words, the shapes, the flow. I look at you watching, and I want to tell you how foreign all of this is to me, but cannot. I standing here only with a language that you have already forgotten. And thank you again for coming out. This is my last poem. It's called Arrivals. There are those poems that come as if from nowhere, straight out of the air. That trail of words arriving tight only to the muse's lips at the other end. And as a poem completes itself, hits the mark in that soft warmth after as you lay the pen down, a smile fills your face. But it, perhaps, not even yours. Instead, the muse then seen their words on your page as perfectly as they were mouthed in the distance. And in their knowing then, they've been perfectly heard. It is their smile on your face, it too transferred. Thanks. Thanks for coming out, everybody. See you April 2nd. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> And you just heard my reading uh, and the conclusion at the, uh, at the March 5th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series. Again, always held at the M Cafe now. And uh, it uh, was, as mentioned earlier, the final, these four were the final groups of readings that hadn't aired from that event. And I do have a couple of minutes to share you got about five to share uh, some more events but uh, as I usually do before I do that I do want to say that you have been listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM 
We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. I do want to thank you for having tuned in to the, today's show. I might mention as well, in case you were late coming in or if there's something that you want to hear over again, uh, that shortly after this show ends each week, uh, both hours are uploaded to my blog space for it and can be found there for up to four years, actually. And that blog space uh, link is finding a voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. Let's go ahead and go back to these sheets and uh, of uh, upcoming events. Uh, there is another one. Uh, Thursday's a big day. This will be the third or fourth one, I think, I've mentioned for Thursday, April 25th, so this coming Thursday. It's actually the it's their fifth annual event, uh, the 100,000 Islands Writers Festival of 2019, uh, held in Gananoque. Uh, it's... Uh, runs this year from Thursday, April 25th through Sunday, April 28th. Uh, it has its appearing in numerous venues, but uh, it's uh, all about bringing, they bring in talented authors, songwriters, and artists for vibrant performances, thought-provoking dialogue, it says, shared ideas, and profound experiences. I will, I'm just going to give you the website because that would have uh, more information than I would have time to share with here. But it's a wonderful, again, their fifth annual event. And it's www.and1000, uh, the numeral, islandswritersfestival.ca. So that should take you right there and get all the information you need. Coming up this Saturday, not no, not tomorrow, the following Saturday, a week from tomorrow, uh, from noon to 6 p.m. at the Modern Fuel Artist Run Center, uh, they are hosting their second annual, I believe it's their second annual, maybe not, let's just go with annual zine print and art book fair, and uh, they're going to have... Uh, the original works of 17 different vendors from Kingston, Toronto, Guelph, uh, and Ottawa uh, with uh, samples of their work uh, that you can buy. And it's again Saturday, April 27th from noon to 6 p.m. at www.modernfuel.org. And if you want the direct link, uh, it's slash news slash 902. Uh, but uh, the main part will take you to their main page, and you can find it from there and other things as well. Uh, then also Saturday, uh, as, uh, so again a week from Saturday, April 27th, uh, SAF Decaf's next hot chocolate charity in their concert series. And uh, it's put on uh, by, uh, it's held at uh, the Community House, 99 York Street. And uh, it's always the last Saturday of the month, so Saturday, April 27th, from 2 to 4.30 p.m. And uh, they also honor a charity each month. They uh, select uh, the musicians who will play, and uh, it's usually about six or possibly seven. 
and uh, it's a wonderful thing. And, the, and they support a charity. They serve hot chocolate, uh, support a charity. Admission is suggested at $10, but is pay what you can, and all of the, all of the money goes to uh, whatever charity they've organized. And uh, this month it is Don House uh, Women's Shelter, so wonderful cause. That's all I've got time for. I do want to thank you for tuning in. Please stay tuned for two hours of East Coast Music with Rob Carnell and his Saltwater Music. I'll catch you here next week. Thanks again. This podcast is produced in collaboration with CFRC.ca in Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Infrastructure support for the CFRC podcast project is provided by the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. For more information or to get involved in podcasting, visit podcasts.cfrc.ca.